You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On the Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. Pastor Troy, we're on the dock here. On the dock with Pastor Troy, we're glad to have you. It's going to be an incredible series we got going on. But first of all, let me remind you, at On the Dock, we're all about conversations. We're going to have a conversation here to propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep. We want you to explode out. We are going to bring leaders into you. We're going to be bringing people to you coming up in this series that are incredible. This is going to be some of the best guests we've ever had. And we're going to have one in just a minute. We're going to show you he's coming a long way away. We've got others coming in. we got a lady coming in from Harvard. Harvard, mm -hmm. uh, Ruth, going to be coming in and joining us in this series. We've got uh, another expert in human trafficking. She's got a network ministry named Haley Adelini. She is related to our our uh, our worship pastor, uh, Ben, and also she does a lot of graphics for us, but she's got her own ministry, and we're going to get people out of the shallows and into the deep. That's going to be great. Are you ready? I'm ready? Hey, if you're finding us, I know if you're on the cast right now and on the dock, you have found us, but we want to let you know we have lots of platforms. You can find us at YouTube. That's our number one video platform, Spotify and iTunes as well. And then we also use these platforms as well. You can go get on them, Google Podcast. You can find us at Facebook, Roku. Roku, you got to download the SermonNet app. Look for the On the Dock with Pastor Troy channel. You'll find us. And Rumble, Rumble's a new app up and coming. SermonNet, download that app. It's a great app. You can find our archives on SermonNet, our archives on YouTube. And those are all good platforms. So find us on the dock, all of them named on the dock with Pastor Troy. And you can always find us on our social media partners. We would love to have a shout out. We'd love to talk to you, chat with you. Remember, keep it nice. We do things polite here on the dock. <laughs> you can be critical, but be critically nice. And you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Telegram. We'd love to hear from you. And what we really want you to do is make sure you share. Share when you find that platform, that social media when you get our information, you see our teasers, you see Donna put out great information about the show. We put the show out on Tuesdays and Thursdays, Beth. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we get it out there. We want you to find it, then subscribe, hit like and notify, and share it and tell everybody about our show. How about, how about that? Isn't that great? great. And, and here's a deal. This is a deal. You, you, I know you like what's going on here at On The Dock. Well, on The Dock is growing and expanding. We're getting, look, we're fixing to do our first Zoom guest from overseas. It's going to be incredible. We're going to be doing a lot of this hopefully down the road, and mm -hmm. it's a real treat. You know, but listen here, to help us do this, look, we need you to become one of our partners. We work with Patreon, and you can download the Patreon app and become an on-the-dock partner. We'd love to have you as a partner. 
for on the dock, or you can even become a sponsor. Maybe you have a business, small business, something like that, and we could sponsor with you and give you a little, a little bit of business identity. And right now, you could get, if you become a partner sponsor, you get one of these on the dock cups. Uh, as a matter of fact, our guests will have one coming to him next time I get to go see him. So on the dock, you want one of those cups, you can become a partner sponsor at Patreon. Check that out. And how do you find all this stuff if you're not smart enough to download the app? It is easy, easy, easy. Go to onthedoc.org. That's our website, onthedoc.org. If you have any questions, you can always info, em, email us at our info at onthedoc.org. And uh, Donna Kranuski, our executive producer, would be glad to communicate with you, and she'll get that around to whoever needs to answer that issue. But we are on the dock. I've got Mother Beth with me in the seat today. Mother Hi. Beth, how you doing here today? I'm doing good. You, you're looking good. You're doing well. Mother Beth is my bride. She's all dressed up. She's ready to kill. She's got her wedding hair on. Ready we were at a go. wedding. Ugh. She's got wedding hair on. It looks good. No, that's not good. It's day-old wedding hair. Day-old day outside wedding hair. That's right. And we are getting <laughs> ready to launch a brand new series. And that series, check this out, is our Tamar Center series. And we are going to be going to Pattaya. Pattaya is how some of them say. Pattaya. Pattaya. Thailand, and we are going to be talking about in part one. We'll be doing probably four parts in this series. You never know. Sometimes we get an extra one, but but we got four parts planned, and we're going to be talking about in this opening one. We're going to get you just kind of a base ground zero into the ministry of the Tamar Center. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing ministry, and you're going to be hearing from their one of their incredible leaders, somebody that is just an incredible friend of ours. Uh, Beth and I don't have a better friend than. Daniel Voppel. He's going to be joining us in just a second. And Daniel's there. But honestly, uh, we, we might have just a slightly better friend. She's not joining us on this cast, <laughs> but she's going to be with us on our next cast. It's his lovely wife, Steffi, as well. So so we'll, 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 we'll save this for when Steffi's going to be on. And I just want you to see that they are a couple. You can see that they look beautiful together. <laughs> They're a great couple. And we have spent they all kinds. Aren't they great very people? Special. They're very special people doing amazing work. And, uh, and, and Daniel, are you out there? Are you out there in the yes. park? Hey, look at there. There's is Daniel Voppel there from is. Pattaya, Thailand. Are you are you at the center or are you at Jam Tien where you live? I'm where I live because it's still quite early in the morning here. Oh yeah. Daniel got up at five. I, I texted Daniel early. It's it's about in the studio, it's about 8 30. So it's 8 30 p.m. here. It's 8 30 a.m. there. And I texted him, say, hey, we're gonna be on track, we think. And he it was a 5 45. I didn't expect him to answer me. He said, Well, I'm going to ride a bike. Who goes and rides a bike at 5 45 <laughs> in the morning? Daniel. That's just Daniel, you'd be proud of me. <laughs> Daniel, I was up at 5 30 this morning. In the other side of Missouri, uh, our, our good friend Elizabeth uh, got married today uh, that comes with us to Thailand. She got married today, and we were there at 5.30 had to get in the car and come home to do church. So we left yeah. at 5.30 in the morning to get here. So we were up with you. Well, that was 12 hours ago for you. Yes. Yeah. So it's the other side of the world. We are on the other side of the planet. Daniel's literally, you don't know this, but look at Dan. Can you bring Daniel back up? Daniel's actually standing upside down. <laughs> because he's 12 hours on the other side. He's actually on his head. Doesn't he look amazing for somebody standing yeah. up? Saying, we are on yep. the other side Looks of the great. world. And you can hear him coming in great. Daniel, we just, and we miss Steffi, but we want to see Steffi in episode two. You know, she, she, she makes everything softer. Yeah. Yes, she does. I've got this great picture. Here's a picture of Stephanie and Daniel. A couple of pictures we got up here. Uh, just, they do great ministry and, and they have been doing great ministry for years. Uh, and, and, and let me show you a better one. This is uh, us with them on one of our many work trips. We do a lot of work trips. We try to work someplace where there's water as well. There's lots of water around Thailand. And we have had some wonderful work trips, some wonderful retreats, and wonderful vacation times with them. And we have not been able to go with them on vacation for over a year and a half because of the dreaded COVID. 
Yeah. And we are, we are, I mean, the moment we can travel without having to stay in the Bangkok Marriott for t- uh, 14 days and spend $2,300, Daniel, we're coming. We're coming. That's good. We're looking forward to that. Yeah, I cannot wait to go to Cochang with you guys or Ray Young and, and get back into ministry again. So we're just so proud of you guys. So Daniel, uh, start off here if you would. Just tell us a little bit about yourself. We're going to be working with you over the next three or four episodes, but give us a little introduction to yourself and, and tell us about what you do, what your role is with Tamar Center. Yes, so Steffi and I, we are originally from Germany, uh, but actually haven't lived in Germany now for, I think, more than 22 years. Wow. Um, currently, we are living in Thailand for the last six years, working with Tamer Center. I'm the director there, trying to direct the work, everything, doing a lot of the background office stuff so that our frontline workers can work directly with the woman. Um, I don't know how much you know about Pattaya, but Pattaya is the center of the worldwide sex tourism, uh, or was before COVID. Now it's more ghost town. Um, <laughs> and so we are trying to reach the women that are there, talking to them, helping them, offering them vocational training options, um, training them, give counseling, and help them to find a new life. That's just amazing. Yeah. That is just amazing. I, I know, but before, uh, before when we met you, and you came in there, we were actually working with uh, Nella, who's the original founder of the work there. And you guys came in and we began to work with you very early on. Uh, that it, it's just amazing, your experience. I mean, I've been to Liberia to do ministry. I've been to Honduras to do ministry. And every time I would tell you where I've been, you'd say, well, I've been there, done that, <laughs> dove there, ate there. You knew every place I've ever been. I'd never seen people your age, and you're a little bit younger than us, but I've never seen people your age that have been so many stinking places already yeah. doing ministry for the Lord. And now you're in Thailand, in Thailand for six years. Thailand's like everybody from the world comes there. So it's like the Lord sent you all over the planet to get used to everybody just so they could come see you and you could minister to him and and Pattaya tell us how in the world you got to know every part of the world so well I mean it's a special privilege um God called us uh in 1999 to go on a ship and we joined OM ships um at that time we joined the MV Dulos and then stayed there for a number of years moved on to the MV Logos 2 and then the Logos Hope ship And these are ministries that are going around the world. There's about 300 staff of volunteers on the ship. We have a huge bookshop and we go into different ports for two to four weeks. We open the ship. People can come, purchase books. We have conferences. We have training. We work together with the local churches, go out and do a lot of ministry. And so we have been around many, many places uh, with the ship. Um, being through the whole Caribbean world, through the whole Arabic world, really special places that we have been all around Asia. And I think some of our highlights were just being in the Caribbean and selling a Bible per minute when the ship was open. Wow. But it's just amazing. Well, what's weird, weirdest thing about Daniel is Daniel's dove, he's a diver and he, he likes sharks. He's yeah. just sickening ridiculously like sharks. He loves but sharks. He loves sharks. I, I mean, Meg, Beth and <laughs> Megan love sharks, but I do not like sharks nor spiders. Don't like sharks. I don't like things with teeth that can eat me. You know, I, I like to, I like to taste a shark. I know that offends Daniel, but, but some shark hey. tastes really good. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Dan- uh, that's not good. No, I know, I know, I know. There's nothing like a good, tasty mako shark. But but Dan- what's weird about when Daniel was with the ships, you know, he said they would come to America, but they couldn't get off the ship here. So he's been here, but 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 they, when their ships would come here, they could when they port here, Beth, they couldn't actually get off the ships here. But then they could go out right out in the Caribbean here and do all kinds of ministry. Daniel, what was the reason why that when you dock here, you couldn't like send your people in and help evangelize Florida? We need it. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> the problem is the whole visa situation because we had people from three or uh, 300 volunteers from sometimes between 50 and 60 different countries. Uh, it became with visas an absolute nightmare sometimes. And to be honest, in some of the more developed countries, it's getting worse and worse. And uh. so we stayed more in countries where all of our crew members were allowed to go out. Mm. I remember one time we left about, I think it was with Logos 2, we left about 80 people in Mexico wow. and went, I think, to San Diego for a couple of times. But it is difficult, and uh, I'm not sure how the ship's ministry will be continuing in the future now with all the COVID and the right. whole issue with cruise liners and stuff. It's really sad because it was an amazing time, amazing ministry, meeting people, living together, and really ministering in great places. Well, I think it prepared you guys for the eclectic international crowd that you get you see in Thailand. You guys are well-equipped for this. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hey, one of the things that you may not know this is, is Community Faith Church, who hosts this podcast site, um, we have about 2015, we went there and began to partner through our own foundation that Beth and I lead in, and founded called the Hands of Hope Foundation. We, we went and partnered with Hand to Hand. That's another ministry in Thailand. Someday we'll do a show on that incredible ministry. To, the picture that's up there, if you bring that picture back up, guys, the picture to the, Stephanie and Daniel are there in the blue. And to the left, it's Mar uh, Margaret Granger. Margaret is with the other organization we work with, Hand to Hand. Uh, they're with uh, Tamar. And between the two of them, we have multiple campuses of community faith churches. The churches that are listed first there, Third Road and Soy Six, were the very first churches that we founded with them in partnership years ago. And so those churches are running right now. And and Daniel and Steffi serve as our elder over the church there. They kind of our wisdom on the ground. They're my first point of contact. And we've got incredible lead pastor there named Juan and Two. We'll tell you more about them in the future. And we've also got a pastor named Pastor Knock. She works at Soy Six and Juan and Two work at Third Road. You can even see in the picture on the bottom, because of COVID, they can't get out. They it's got bad COVID. We'll get to that in a minute, but that's them doing a Zoom church meeting at our churches, community faith churches there in uh, 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 Patia. So it's just amazing that they have learned to do that. They've gone through multiple shutdowns right now. So even in the shutdown, they're using technology to do the church. Daniel, I, I want to just start with this and, and, and just ask you a couple of questions, but let me start with a little, little information for the people. You gave a little bit, but let me see if I can do a good job and, and give a little information. Then I want you to just be the, you fill in the blanks and tell me what I got right or got wrong. I, I've been to Pattaya, Pattaya for, we, Beth and I have gone two times a year. In 2014, we went the first time uh, with, with our friends. And uh, then we, 2015, all the way till this last year, we've gone twice a year pretty much. Um, it, Pattaya stretches. It's the, the city of Pattaya is about 15 kilometers long. It, it, it's all along the Gulf Coast of Thailand. Let me show you a picture of the city from the city side. I got a better picture here. I'll show you real quick here. Just give me one second here. I think I've got that fine, fine picture. Oh, I'm looking for it. Um, of course, you don't have it where exactly you want it. But here, it, look at the top of this screen here. That's the city from, from the hill. You can see all of that beautiful city. There's much more behind you. There's a whole nother beach and Sham Tien community there. But but as you look at this information and, and you think about uh, Pattaya here first, let me bring that map back up here. Here we go. And when you think about it, it stretches about 15 kilometers. And, and Pattaya is on the east coast of Thailand. So it's on the east side. You can see on the map there, it's, it's down the lower part. Cambodia's to the right. And Bangkok's up in that hole, like that horseshoe there. And then Pattaya is right there on the Gulf of Thailand. And, and literally, it was a small fishing village when things started. But during the Vietnam War, when Vietnam was happening, 
Pattaya became the place where every soldier that was in Laos and Vietnam and Cambodia, it became the place where all of them went for rest and recreation hmm. to the little fishing village. It's like Destin was, Beth, when I started going in the 60s and 70s. It was a little fishing village, a little quiet fishing village. But now Destin in Florida is like the place. You can't get anywhere. It's just crowds and people right. and shopping. But Pattaya didn't become a nice, nice fishing destination that became a nice beach destination. It became kind of like for us, if you took San Francisco and, 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 uh, Beale, not Beale Street, San Francisco and Bourbon Street in New yeah. Orleans. Yeah. And you put the two of them together and you put Atlantic City Boardwalk in there for three. Then you've got an idea of what Pattaya's are like and the life of the city's like. It's really wild and crazy. Yeah. Daniel, have you ever seen a crazier city anywhere in the world? I mean, there may be a couple others you've been around. What do you think? Any other crazy cities, Daniel, that you've been to crazier than Pattaya? I don't know if he's muted out or we lost him there. Uh, something happened. Yeah, that's you okay. Just, there was just echo, echo, echo. Yeah. And now yeah. your Lucas is gone. Yeah, here, here, here we, I'll give you the question. Here's the question. Uh, you're back with us. We, we didn't know you're gone, but I'm sorry. But the question is, I was explaining Pat, Pattaya, and I was talking about how it was kind of like New Orleans and Bourbon Street and uh, Atlantic City all rolled into one and maybe even worse. All the places you've been around the world, have you seen anything much wilder and crazier than Pattaya? Not really. I mean, there's one place that comes a little bit close is Angeles City in the Philippines, but nothing is as wild as Pattaya. And I think the one reason for that is that in Pattaya, it's not just one street, but it's the whole city. Right. Yeah, so Bourbon Street's you, one you, big street, maybe a couple alleys. You know, Beale Street's one street. You know, the Atlantic City's one set of docks. The whole city is given over to this. I yeah. mean, every nook and cranny is given over to it. So the soldiers would come from Vietnam, many of them with money, looking for a good time, R&R, &R, and basically the whole city got kind of changed. And so families from across the country would send their girls and send people to work in the city that was a fishing village. It's now the recreational headquarters of the world for Vietnam and all the different militaries. They would come in and the country would, became a country spot where needs were satisfied. I'm talking about not just a little rest and relaxation. I'm talking about every carnal need, every everything that you would think that's good, bad, or ugly is all done there. You cannot just get a good massage. You can get every known kind of massage, both above and below of what you would think is humanly possible. It's just so crazy. And when the war ended, many of the veterans uh, went home, but many of them just came over to Patia and retired there. And right now when you're in Patia, you see so many old vets from the Vietnam age just kind of hanging around there like old men, shaved heads, been living there their whole life and just kind of continue to stay in that whole industry. So Pattaya stretches, like I said, for 15 miles, uh, kilometers or so on the Gulf. It's about a hundred kilometers south of Bangkok. 100 kilometers south of Bangkok, and it is the unofficial, hear this, it's the unofficial sex tourism capital of the world. I honestly think it's the capital, because every time I run into anybody in this country that's of Indian descent, or they're they're from that part of the region of the world, or Asian descent, they always say, y'all, you've been to Pattaya, and they go, hey, big boy, and I go, no, no, big boy, I'm involved in anti-human trafficking, and I'm involved in organizations that rescue people, you bunch of perverts. <laughs> You know, so every time somebody, you have to be careful, Daniel, you have to tell people you're from Chambury. If they say Chambury, they know you're not a pervert. Do you do the That's same thing? absolutely true. Yeah, if you yes, tell you especially when you are working with, you know, government officials or just normal 
Thai people because yeah. Pattaya is such a bad name yeah. um, that if you just mention, oh, I live in Pattaya, you get the looks and basically the conversation stops. It's right. So if it's you right. tell I'm from Chumburi, what's the province, then you can explain. That's like saying I'm from the state of Illinois. I'm not necessarily from, from living on Bourbon Street. And so there's yeah. when COVID's not happening, Pattaya is having 12 million perverts come in and tour that city and just run wild. That requires how many sex workers at the height of it things when COVID's not going, was it, what are the thousands of, what are the numbers? I mean, not everyone comes to Patia. I know I don't, but it feels that. like, I know it, but it, when you're there. It feels like it, yes. It feels <laughs> like it though. You're there, it, you have, it's not Bourbon Street guys. It's every, it's just very saturated, but there's. there's no, and that's kind of what's kind of odd about it is that you do see families going yes. there to vacation. You and see Russian families, to go to the beach English and, families, right. Australian families, fine families, good-looking families. Right. Yeah, and they're there. There's beautiful beaches and diving, but it just seems like in Pattaya. I mean, I mean, Katie, bar the door. I'm just saying, when the kids go to bed, I mean, it's bad. So, so Daniel, there's thousands of sex workers there, thousands of people in the trade there, uh, thousands, I guess. I, I saw one number that says 33,000 at the height. That's that's a low number. Um, that's probably the number towards uh, normally what is a low season. In high season, it can get to 70,000, 80,000 wow. um, workers here. It's very hard to get real a number on it because it's officially illegal in right. Thailand. So, um, but, you know, wherever you go, and I think you have some experience if you just go for a normal massage, um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff will be whispered to you the moment you start the massage. Yes. And um, so a lot of people where you think they are just normal workers, there's often depends on the time of month and how much uh, depth they have and how much pressure there is, mm -hmm. how much is on offer. And so when right. it comes to the end of the month and they still need money to pay their apartment or something, a lot of the massage woman become a little bit more than just massage and things like that. Yeah. Right. What, what happened was guys, 12 million tours come in there, but, but when the girls would come, they would come in from the, the countryside to come be a part of that service industry there. And they would come in and begin to work in the bars and, and they would go back to their villages and they would have money for the Vietnam war. They would have resources. And so more and more people were sent there. They began to desire looking for rich foreign husbands. And you know, you know, everybody there ask you, my, I mean, I've been with my wife sitting and getting our feet massaged in a mall and, 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 and the person massaging my feet asked me, do I need a Thai girlfriend? Do you, would you like, would you like me to be your, 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 your girlfriend? Mm -hmm. And and I said, well, no, I've got my wife right next door. And she looks right at my wife and goes, he needs Thai girlfriend. It'd give you she a break. Care. It's okay. She it was care. okay. So, I mean, it, the people are very bold with that, but what they wanted was the money and it began to, they, they yeah. became an exchange. They take the money back to their villages. The, the, the family's focus on the money was to get the girls to send it home to get a foreign husband and, and, and to kind of break their cycle. But nowadays the women flocked to Pattaya uh, to, to earn the money, to get the dream of, of the to, to, today to get the, to have their own phone, to have their own car, to have their own place and to finance the university or, or to go to school. So I think a lot of it has changed a bit, but it's still the place where people come thinking there's going to be happiness and security only to find out they'll end up in prostitution. They'll end up in loneliness and bad disease. Just imagine 
uh, sexually transmitted diseases in a city where sex is transmitted daily, multiple times daily, between multiple people from multiple parts of the planet. And then you realize that you have people there that are carrying one, two, and three, and four sexually transmitted transmitted diseases at a time. So what what looked like a good way out has become a destitute business and they're far away from their families. They get desperate, they desire love and comfort, but instead, because of the kind of living, they get into drugs and other things like that. And that's where Tamar Center steps in to help offer some of these people a way out. Daniel, fill in the blanks there and, and just tell us a little bit, if you would, uh, about what Tamar is all about and, and kind of introduce us to what you guys do. I mean, our theme is we want to offer hope, healing, and a new life in Jesus for the bar girls in Patia. And our goal is to help the girls that are there. Um, we also do some prevention work where we go and visit the girls in their villages. And once we are there, we are talking to the villages and try to encourage them not to send their daughters. But many of the girls come just with wrong promises to Patia. Um, some are outright sold to bars. Um, some are just thinking they're coming to work as a cleaner or something like that. And they are amazed by the high salaries that are being offered. And once the girls are young, they are making quite a bit of money. Um, more than I they've ever seen. More than they've ever seen. Yes, Yeah. definitely. So they can make in one night uh, probably more money than they would make in a month in their villages. Wow. Because what you need to see is these girls are not, they are playing that they are the girlfriend. But what they do is they are ripping off the foreigners um, <laughs> quite often. I mean, you see a lot of things, you hear a lot of stories of people who have lost everything. The girls are nice. They will play the part. But then, you know, oh, I need this. Or we have somebody is sick in the family. Can you pay that? All of this kind of things. And so it's becoming more and more a transaction. Yeah. And it's really hard to see um, how things are happening. Um, we just had an example here where one lady just um, got together with a guy and the guy just uh, bought a house for her and stuff like that. And then she ran away with it and it's gone. Um, oh we have many stories like that where people lost their whole savings uh, just because the woman yeah, just tried to make the best out of it. And, and, they, and you explain, they, they get the house because in Patia, in Thailand, a foreigner has a very difficult time owning property. So they get a girlfriend, the girlfriend says, I'll buy the house you need for you under my name. And how does that work? Yes, everything. Like like if you're not a permanent resident, you, you can, can't really have a car, for example. You can't, in general, not own land in Thailand. So you can have a condo in your name, but no house and no land. Mm -hmm. And often what the girls do is then uh, they start a relationship, they get all of that in their names. And then, you know, when the last rate is paid, um, it's goodbye. And there's basically no legal way to get it back because everything from the start of has been in the name of the girl. And we see that many, many times, um, yeah. things like that, especially also with cars or with other things that are easily transferable. And you see it's for the girls, there are, I would say there are a couple of relationships that sometimes work out. I'm not saying there's, you know, every girl is just out for everything, but right. the vast majority is. And also it becomes like a separate life. Like we often see it, you go to a restaurant and you see on one table, there is a group of foreigners, often older ones. And then on the next table is a group of all the young girls. They are not interacting. They are just talking with, they're talking with each other. 
And then sometimes one of the guys goes up, stands up and he snips his finger and one of the girls jumps up and they leave. But you know, how much do you have in common when you have a regular age difference between 20, 30 years? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it can work maybe in certain cases, but the majority um, you see, it doesn't really work. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I don't think I, this may sound unfamiliar, but let me connect it to us. We have a lot of people that are, grow up in the middle of the country in the farmlands and they go, I want to move to the city. And so they pick New York or they pick uh, LA and they go, I want to be in the movies. I want to be a movie star. I want to be, I want to be somebody popular. They want to be a great musician. And so they, 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 they basically pawn, scrape up money and get out to the coast and they get out there and they want to live the life, but it's very expensive. It's very difficult. You got to know people. So next thing you know, they're getting a, a waiting job or a bar hop job or something small. And, and when they get in those jobs, they, they have to, to get those jobs, they have to do things to get them because everybody wants that job. Right. And so you begin to give a little bit of away of yourself. Maybe you get a chance to, to be in a movie, but to be in that movie, uh, the producer wants a, some favors, some things for it from you that are not appropriate. And then, and then you find out the movie's not really a movie. It's a porn film. Yeah. And if you just do this porn film, we'll, we'll get you into it. We'll get you open up other doors. And so you next thing the bar gets lowered. Next thing you're doing more stuff and, and to live with yourself, to be able to live out there, you got to begin to do some drugs and alcohol just to sedate the fact that you have your ethics and morals have dropped so low and you've been debased. And you, then you get a natural addiction to alcohol and drugs. That all happens in the United States with people right here. Right. And I see that happen. Do you see that happening in Pattaya with the girls that come in? They have good means. They want to help their families. And, and the next thing you know, they're caught in the trade. And next thing you know, they're addicted to drugs and they're just having to, they're just barely, barely living at all. Yes, that's absolutely the same because the girls come here really trying to work a job, mm -hmm. but then they see, you know, they are making a couple of hundred baht a day, you know, with cleaning. And then they see all the girls that they are cleaning for in the bars, making thousands, not working, dancing the whole day away, drinking like crazy, and then talking the guys into going to nice restaurants with them, always staying in nice hotels, getting nice gifts. And so this temptation becomes really, really high and then they think well if i can just i just do it once you know just for you know buying something or helping my mom with something and then they start doing it but then it's a really it just goes downhill from there and it could be that the first couple of years it's going okay for them because as long as they are really young and really beautiful they can kind of pick the man right but you know with new woman coming on a constant basis um, the next young girl is just coming around. And so in order to keep in or to keep the lifestyle up, they either have to lower their rates and then go with more men, or they have to offer stuff that they normally would not do, but now they have to in order to keep the money coming. Mm -hmm. And so it's a circle. And then in order to do this stuff, they often start with cheap drugs, um, basically drugs that just numb them or that makes them, you know, that they can stay up for a couple of days. But that stuff is all synthetic stuff. What it's very addictive. It's very cheap as well. What's the very dangerous thing is. Mm. And so once you start that spiral, it's very, very hard to break out of it. And because in Thailand, everything is about status. It's very important what you have, what you own, what you can show. So, you know, if you have a car, you are somebody, if you have an iPhone, wow. Um, most people here have not paid for their cars, have not paid for their iPhones, but they have one. And so that becomes very important to them. And so girls just spend tons amounts of money on all this stuff just to be seen as something. But then also they can't admit to their families that 
where it really comes from or to have less because the family now demands more and more money. So it's more and more and more in the circle. And often the girls just can't break out of it anymore. And and so basically the, the family, everybody almost turns their head to it and, and the girls get desperate to get it. And with 12 million people coming in, not all of them are looking for this, but 12 million coming in and you have 30 to 60,000 workers. I mean, that means there's a huge amount of consumers and right. a limited amount of, of product. Right. And so the girls have to do more and more and more to be attractive to that. And, and it's just, it, it's just a cra crazy cycle. And I, I, I can see how now, now, Daniel, you mentioned that some of the girls come in on their own goal of, of, of leaving the farm and, and have, and, and striking it either rich or receive or getting income to help them go to the next life or finding the right guy. But some girls are actually, some people are actually sold by their parents. The Buddhist lifestyle says, if you honor the parents, do what you're told, you, it, it'll be a blessing to your parents and you'll come back in a better state. So some people are actually sold into the sex trade and then they don't have as much control. They come in almost as uh, being held and under bondage. So explain that difference there as well, because I think most of us, when we think about sex trade, we think of trafficking, we think somebody was hit over the head, Shanghai, they woke up somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That happens here where somebody's stolen and then they're wake up in sex trafficking. We also are aware of people go to Hollywood and end up in the sex trade industry that way. But there's also girls here that are literally sold by their families for very small amounts of money and, and really sold into a whole different life. I mean, here we call it a lot uh, like indirect trafficking, because what often happens is that either the parents send a girl here to make money, and often nowadays um, the mothers have already worked here, so they know exactly what's going on, but they are now in their 30s or maybe end 20s and cannot do it anymore, and so now they want their daughters to make some money so can, they can have a good lifestyle. D d hey, happens, I, I, hang on. I We've got daughters, Beth and I. I, I just don't know how. I just cannot see Mother Beth saying, "Come here, Megan. Come here, Heather. Oh, we've got. We need you to head to Patia, and we want you to make a lot of money. And here's what's going to happen. And I've already lived that lifestyle. I mean, I just don't understand the mindset of a parent wanting to send their children off into that. You know, just help me with that a little bit. It's basically just greed and money. Wow. Um, I wow. can tell you the saddest story that that I've ever heard. And there was a girl who was um, killed by her customer. Uh, basically, she ended up on the um, being thrown out of the window or falling oh out of the window, depending on what you hear, um, and was lying on the street stark naked and dead. And yeah. we, yeah. Uh, they found, when the police searched the apartment, they found our business card in her pocket. And they we were in the country we, when that occurred. Mm -hmm. So we, we could identify her and oh uh, tell the police which bar she worked. And so they connected with her family. Then a couple of days later, her father came down uh, to pick up the body. And he brought her 16-year-old sister and put her to work in the bar. Oh, my. And, you know, his other daughter, I think she was 20, was, we would say, not cold yet. And right. he brought the sister to now continue to make the money. Oh my. I mean, that is extreme. extreme. Um, I have that seen that only once. But we have also seen another family where the grandma, the mom, and the daughter work in the same bar here in Patia right now. Oh my. Stealing each other, the customers. Uh -huh. So you have three generations working in the same place. So it becomes <laughs> a lifestyle, you know, once you oh are my. in it, it's it becomes normal. Right. And I think what often That's happens in the 
in the villages, it's not so much that they are selling like we understand selling their daughters, but you have recruiters going up there into the small villages and saying, hey, if you give me a little bit of money to the parents, then I will bring your daughter into a great job and mm -hmm. she will be able to send you money and stuff like that. Oh, so wow. the parents trade together the little money that they have, pay this recruiter, and that recruiter then takes the girls, brings them down, mostly to places like Patia. Um, sometimes or most of the times, they don't even force them to work as prostitutes, but they put them in a the bar, um, maybe to clean or to be a cashier or things like that. But then they tell the girls, okay, now you have so and so much depth with me for, you know, arranging the job, driving you down here, arranging your papers, blah, blah, blah. And so the girls cannot ever pay it back. And so then they, they say, okay, you know, if you want to make more money and pay back your debt faster, you know, maybe you want to go with customers, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then slowly by slowly, the girls go in and for sure, they will never really pay back the debt because they will host them. They will have a room where they will share with other girls. You know, there's money for uniforms, blah, blah, blah. The whole story that you probably have wow. heard before. Yeah. And that is a very common way as well. It's like quicksand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. I mean, we have it all in Bangkok as well now, normal, normal girls just wanting to pay for university and stuff like that. Um, they are then doing more the sugar daddying yeah. where they try to find people who are just paying for them. Um, or they just really come down to Pattaya from Bangkok for a long weekend, uh, make a lot of money. So just to finance their lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. And I think 20 years ago, it was really about survival of the parents. It was about survival in the villages. Nowadays, it's more about consumer goods. Um, it's about sometimes medical, but oftentimes it is consumer goods also for the villages. And if you drive to the northeast of Thailand, to the Isan region, and you drive through the village and you suddenly see really nice houses and, you know, um, kids playing with phones that they can't afford, and you ask, then you know that the girl has either married a foreigner or is working in places like Pattaya and sends money home. Wow. Wow. Let me just give a summary here. This is that's so good, Daniel. Uh, Tamar Center is part of Project Life Foundation. And Tamar Center, for all of you listening, is a non-for-profit organization who offers hope and healing and new life. We have that on the screen here. New life to the bar girls in the Pattaya, Thailand region. Tamar Center was started in 1999 as part of YWAM. A lot of you know about YWAM. It's very popular in the United States. It's called Youth with a Mission. I've worked with them here actually in, in New Orleans doing ministry on the streets. Uh, so, but, but Youth for Mission, YWAM, Thailand, under the covering of Project Life Foundation, that's their, their covering. And they have that vision as he shared to help women that are trapped in the sex industry. Lots of ways as he shared with you to get in there, but if they're trapped there in Pattaya, Thailand, they've got hooked into this, drug into it. Tamar Center is there to give them an exit option. So their methodology, and we've been a part of this. I mean, Beth has been on, the, we've all been a part of outreaches. We've done ministry outreaches. That's how our churches got started. I've done outreaches on the street, but the, the, the actual reach into the bars to get the girls, Beth's actually been in the bars and ministered directly with the girls there. And actually, I mean, she's developed relationships. They, they invite the girls to come and then they show up to church or to English classes, or they show up to events that they have that gives them an avenue to, to, 
find a way out. And there's a whole process there. But their methodology is real simple. They're about reaching these women, about building relationships with them. I think that's the key. That's why when the woman he mentioned died, they found her their, the Tamar Center card in her pocket because they're so engaged. Guys, we're not talking about one street and one bar. We're talking about bars. Be, it's like the sands of the sea than Abraham. Yeah. There's bars, thousands of bars, every hole and nook and cranny is some sort of place like that. It's unbelievable. It's it's not like Beale Street. It's not like Bourbon Street. It's like it's like a town of Beale Streets, a town of Bourbon Streets. It's not even like New York Central uh, where you see uh, Times Square. It's like Times Square that's all over Manhattan. It's just an, an unreal. Yeah. But the methodology is they reach out to these women, they build relationship, and then when the women are ready and they be given good witness to them, they offer them vocational uh, options out, training options out, counseling. They provide biblical teaching, even English classes to help them begin to work their way out. And Tamar Center actually offers, offers two locations. One of those I showed you is Third Road, Third Road, and the other one is Soy Six. Third Road is where one of our churches are. Uh, that's their main campus there where their headquarters are. And that's on Third Road. I'll bring up that sign here. So you see a Third Road there. Then Soy Six is actually in the middle of one of the hottest bar districts you've ever seen. Literally, they have a beauty shop with a prayer room above it and a training room there and right next to it is spider girl yeah. and we listen spider girl is a it's a it's a go-go girl club yeah. and when we've been there multiple times we simply rent the whole entire bar out the girls don't leave we actually hire the girls not for what you think <laughs> we hire them to drink cokes and sit and listen to us play music and share the gospel for the night and uh, we just do a witness down the street and it's amazing we've seen a whole church birth out of that and then of course Tamar's always got a presence down there. There are always girls coming in. They're always offering a way for a girl to get out of that. And I just praise God for that ministry. And so as you as you think about what they're doing there is literally they have the Soy Six Outreach Center, which has a hair salon and they train women in hair. It's got a house of peace in it and a place for women to come out of the bars, to have an English class, to maybe be a part of a church experience and begin to learn about other options for their life in Christ. And on third row, their main center, they have their main office. They have an incredible restaurant and a bakery there. They have a whole nother floor where uh, Steffi leads a team that learns how to make uh, beautiful cards and, and, and bakery items. They, they learn other vocational skills. And I'm going to show you right here. These are pictures of the girls in the card room. They have, a, they, they do scarves, they do cards, they do bags, they do all kinds of things. They're trained to, and these are, these are cards beyond anything Hallmark. We have thousands of them that we've bought and brought back. If you're a church out there, a pastor out there, you can, you can get access to these kind of things. We'll tell you in a minute how to do that. And so they have, uh, not only do they have this going on, but also what's really cool, and I'm going to show you another graphic here. They even have, when the women come out and they go, we want out, they have housing that they put them in while they're in training. And that housing, uh, the bottom right picture there shows the housing where they have the women while they're going through the process of exiting that lifestyle. That bottom right picture is a row of houses that they have, and, and they've got dreams to do more and more with that. It's just amazing. And Tamar members uh, do outreaches themselves. What, I, what Daniel told you a minute ago was they actually don't just deal with people that are just coming and there to do the party. They actually take their teams up to where the girls start and try to stop them from ever coming. I love that part about what you guys do, Daniel. And Tamar Center is really seeking to provide hope in a city that's become basically a big city full of, of red light districts. I mean, lots of red light districts. It's not one area in a corner. It's off and on throughout the whole district. And they provide, Tamar, what they do well is they provide love. They provide unconditional love, not that money, love for money, 
are like that, but they provide counseling, biblical principles. They have a counseling center. They do education through vocational training, job opportunities, all to get the girls to find out there's another way besides selling yourself and your dignity to get out of this. And I love what they do most because in the middle of the red light district, they're able to reach women by constantly going out and building relationship and giving them paths out. You don't fix this overnight because it's a city that lives for this. So you're there constantly like creating a ramp off an interstate to help people get off and, and into a new life. And when the women are ready, they have the housing, they have the vocational, they have the different uh, hairdressing, baking, cooking, sewing, crafts. They have counseling to help them put their lives back together. And then hopefully in the end, some of them can go back home and begin to change the culture of their communities. We're seeing churches, we'll talk more about that in a future episode, how our churches have developed and been partnership with them. And it's exciting, but we really see God doing amazing things. And what Tamar is about is getting these women out of prostitution and back into the things of God. It's just amazing, Daniel, what you guys do here. Uh, we don't have a lot of time in this cast. We're going to be back and do quite a few more things. But Daniel, before we before we lose you, I want to ask you a couple things that are really important. I showed those cards and products uh, they on your site. I showed these beautiful cards. I know. Tell us more about the products you have, and I'll tell people how to get to them. Yeah, we have a range of products that our women make and um, they don't make them in the beginning just, you know, to have a business, but it's also, it's a kind of therapy. Yeah. Just imagine mm -hmm. you're coming out of a lifestyle of drugs and being drunk the whole day and loud music and lights flashing. So for the girls to actually have to sit down, to calm down, to try to concentrate mm -hmm. is a kind of a therapy as well. And then we train them into special skills. So we are making beautiful cards. We're doing sewing projects. We're doing specially blankets for um, Alzheimer patients um, oh, wow. um, that are actually therapy blankets now. Um, our restaurants delivers all over town, especially our cakes and things like that. So there's many, many different things. And with cards, we are now specializing in making um, special cards as well for companies. So for example, we have a number of companies each year that order their Christmas or end of year cards with us. And they tell us what design they want. We make a special design. For some companies, we even print the text and put it inside and then just ship it to them. And they only put an address sticker on and send them out. Um, we are doing customized wedding cards or things like that. So there are many, many different things. And we are trying to also show the woman that with normal work, they can actually earn a living and they are really excited, not when they make things that go in storage, but when we have orders and there is a little bit of pressure to get it done. Mm -hmm. And then when they see how the cards are getting used, it's quite amazing to see that. That's great. So if you're interested in those things, I'm going to bring this up real quick. And, and you can go to www.tamarcenter.org, tamarcenter.org. On that site, there's a uh, one of the one of the icons you can click is products. And that tells you about all the things they make and do check that out. Uh, you obviously can't get a cake here, but when you get over there, you can, they're delicious. We've had many, many, many <laughs> other products. Trust me. Coffees are great. And listen, Tamar Center or go to the products page, but you, there's a lot of things you can order. You can mm -hmm. order in rain and they're glad to work with you. If you're a church, you got a business, you got a, you got a small, uh, shop, their jewelry is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Their scarves are beautiful. We have brought so much stuff home and sold it through our ministry and, and given it as gifts to our ministry. My wife and I haven't given anybody a card in years that we haven't gotten from Tamar. You can get a selection of the cards and have them available. Uh, I, they've got gift sets of cards. So get online, see what they have, figure out how you can support their ministry because you're helping people fight their way out. And it's, you're also helping them have a therapy as Daniel said, I think that was really good for him to add. Yeah. 
And uh, you can be a part of that right here and do it that way. So they can get those. You can make special arrangements if you want to do a large order. Maybe you have a big business or something. You can get there. And Steffi would be glad. Daniel's uh, wife would be glad to work a deal with, that, with you to figure out how to get those over mm -hmm. here. It's a wonderful product. So we can't, we can't say anything more about that. Daniel, we don't have, again, much time left. But we're, we're going to talk deeply about this in the second episode. But would you just give me an overview here? What is the story? I, Tamar Center's to the left building here where the purple. A, a behind the van, the right building, that big right building. I hear rumor that you guys are trying to take over that entire double building. Yes, we are. Uh, we actually have signed a contract for that building and are just waiting for travel restrictions to be lifted here in Patia so that we can actually um, sign it at the land and transport office. To you take own the, the beige building you own. It's the gray building. Yes. They're going to buy that. They're going to join them together. They're going to expand dramatically their counseling center to be just Nella uh, Davidson. She was the original founder there. She is a counselor du jour. She's got an incredible mm -hmm. team. And we're going to share with you some of her vision for that in another cast. I've got an incredible video from her. They're going to put a counseling center. They're going to expand their bakery, their restaurant. They're, they're, they're going to expand their conference rooms and even add guest quarters. So in the future, Beth and I can stay there with them and not have to come up the street from, from down the road. So we're looking forward to that. We're going to show more about that, Daniel, in the next episode. But I want to tell people that's not, it's not, while they've got that signed, it's not finished yet. And one of the things that I need you to think about, if you really want to help in the fight against trafficking, if you want to stop trafficking and you're looking for something real, Beth and I have been here numerous times. We see we, the pastors we have there that lead there have come out of that world. Yes. They, they, they are indigenous pastors. Our, our churches there are filled with people that have come out of that world mm -hmm. and they are there because of the work of Tamar. And I want to say to you, you can go to, first of all, you can go to their website. You can go to what I just told you. Uh, let me back up and give you that one more time here. You can go to the Tamar Center website, tamarcenter.org. You can go there and they have a give page. It's at the top. Look for the give or at the bottom of their page, look for their donate link. And it will show you all the different ways that you can wire transfer money. You can give and all that. But the quickest way is two. One is you can go to globalgiving.org. It's a longer extension. You can get there from their webpage. But go to globalgiving.org. Simply put in the search Tamar Center. Four things will come up immediately, and that's who Tamar is. You're going to see the new building project is number one. I want you, if you're able to, to go invest in that project because a few hundred, a few five hundred, a thousand dollars will do a wonder at making that building from a dream to a reality, and that yeah. building will change thousands of people's lives in the days ahead. It will give them maximum capacity to do more. And there's another fund there called Help Sex Workers in Thailand Find a New Life. If you just want to help sponsor the work they're doing for an outreach, you can do that. Number three, helping children from ex-sex workers in Thailand. These women have byproducts of all those relationships, children, right. and the children aren't the problem. The children are the blessing. We need to figure out how to help them. And Tamar's doing amazing work to help those kids as well. And finally, housing for women leaving the sex industry. We show you in that bottom right picture, they have their own housing system. We have to have a place for them to go through the vocational training mm -hmm. so they can get out of that place where they're sleeping, out of that den of iniquity, and get in a place where it's safe and protected. They can begin to live a normal life again and be, be trained and ready to do the next thing. So go to right. globalgiving.org, find those four things, Things, study about them, but I want you to get out and give a gift if you can there. You can always go on your PayPal account. This yeah. is an easy way. Go to PayPal 
and you just go email info at tamarcards.com and you can just send a gift that way. Tell them what you want to use it for and, and talk to them about it. Feel free to email them uh, that way as well and kind of negotiate out what you want. They have lots of needs and they would love your help at Tamar Center. So Daniel, we, we are excited about what you are doing and what's going on and, uh, and all the ways that people can give and help. And we're going to be talking a little more about this in the, the episodes to come up. So Daniel, thank you for being on here. Don't leave us yet. We'll talk to you after the show goes off the air, but we want to thank you for what you're doing and what, what Tamar's doing. It's amazing. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And, 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 and we'll tell you other ways in the next show, how you can help be a part. Uh, that's just the most important thing is get again, one more time, tamarcenter.org. You can get there, go check out the products page, go check out the gift page and all those will give you paths. And so, so that you can actually get engaged financially. You could buy products that supports them as well. Please, please, please do that. And mother Beth and I are so excited to have had Daniel here, but we're looking forward to hopefully, hopefully we'll see Stephanie, in the next episode, we miss her face and we're looking forward to seeing her. So we are going to be back in the next episode in part two, Daniel. We're going to be back in part two and we're going to talk about human trafficking and we're going to have some experts joining us at the table and the work of recovery and how that work takes place. And we're going to ask the question about how do the victims get into the situation? You gave us some of that. We want to learn a little bit more how they get trapped in this. And we also want to find out how you get them out and how you get them to see that Jesus Christ offers them that hope. So we'll be back in episode two. I hope you've enjoyed this on the dock first. It's our first Beth overseas zoom yeah. global thing. It worked pretty darn well. Yeah, Incredible. Lucas just gets, I mean, Lucas and I were pumping fists. <laughs> it's amazing. You got to watch the first year. Please, please share this. Yes. And you can find out more about on the dock at on the dock.org. That's our website. You can email us and find out more information info at on the dock.org. If you don't know something and we, you missed a website here for Tamar, we will have it in the show notes. There'll be details when it's podcasted out, you can always email us and ask uh, Donna to say, hey, I need that website for Tamar. I got money to give. What's that PayPal path or or how did I get to global giving? We'd love to help you. Hope you. Hopefully you found us on one of our great platforms. Check out one of the others, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. And we would love to hear your comments on Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Hey, if you're out there, hey, put the TamarCenter.org there and share it with your friends. Mm -hmm. Tell them they need to go buy, uh, buy their holiday cards there. Yeah. Go buy some scarves, some jewelry, and know this is stuff that really matters because I'm telling you, it's all top-notch quality. Yes, it is. This is made by this is made and overseen by German engineers, our <laughs> friends, and they will make sure. Hey, Daniel, they'll make sure it's like precise and on the money. I mean, and they they're good at it. So we want you to check them out. Check with us on social media. Tell other people about it, and don't forget to subscribe on our podcast. Hit like, notify, and please share this with your other friends out there. And don't forget, you can always become a partner of On the Dock. Uh, with Pastor Troy by becoming a Patreon sponsor or partner. And listen, if you are in this area and you want to come to church with us, we'd love to have you at Sundays at 10 o'clock uh, at Community Faith Church here in Marion, Illinois. Wednesdays at 630, they're our host site. You can also find us on our virtual campus at coftv.com. And by the way, many of our Thai pastors, many of our Thai friends, they watch our service every week, except yep. for 10 o'clock for them. It's 10 o'clock at night for them. So they're on late and they watch us. You can watch us as well at coftv.com, Embedded Player. And you can also find links to other things about our church. And you can always watch us on our Community Faith Church Facebook or YouTube channel. We are so glad that you joined us for this incredible first ever podcast of On the Dock with Pastor Troy, reaching all the way out to Pattaya, Thailand with Daniel Bobble. Daniel, again, thank you for joining us. 
We are so glad to have you on the show. And we hope you'll yeah, we hope you'll keep watching. Daniel, keep watching out there every Tuesday and Thursday, another episode of On the Dock with Pastor Troy Drops. We'll see you soon at the next episode. <laughs>